0: And now,
1: Proper Propaganda. Watch it. Pull my mic back. You like that? journalist were journalists too. We can strike back. Hardcore reporters with orders from headquarters. Behind enemy lines. Side-stepping the borders.
0: If you're just tuning in to Civic Cipher, I'm your host, Ramses Jha. He is Ramses Jha. I am Q Ward. And here we are again, bro. Yes, indeed. Um Back at it. Stick around. we got a lot more to cover on the show. Um We are going to be talking about something that has made its way to the news we haven't done one of these in a long time not because it hasn't been there but we're going to talk about another video where a black man had an interaction with the police and that black man is no longer alive uh despite the police not really being in any danger well not not being in any danger period yeah not um at all then not even the, the the threat of it and somehow you know there's more life lost um, We're also going to uh Talk about the letter from a Birmingham jail, which is one of the um, one of my favorite writings from Dr. King. And so much more. But first and foremost, we're going to discuss B-A-B-A, how to become a better ally. Baba. Today's Baba is sponsored by Major Threads. Um, for all the finest in sportswear, check out MajorThreads.com. Um, today's Baba, South Carolina HBCU receives grant to get more black male teachers in the classrooms. Now, you might be saying to yourself, $90,000 is a lot of money. I don't have that much money to donate. Well, listen, I've been learning recently that historically black colleges and universities need money. This is something that I would not have known because I did not go to an HBCU, unfortunately. Um, but i've come to appreciate their place in the world and their place in this country in particular there are certain things that are just never going to be taught they're not valuable enough historically or the lessons or anything like that to be taught in you know your normal schools you know certainly not public schools and public universities but historically black colleges and universities will certainly tell these stories Um, And, again, very necessary. But I'll read a bit. Um, South Carolina State University and HBCU, Historically Black College and University in Orangeburg, South Carolina, received a $90,000 grant for its Call Me Mister program to extend its efforts in placing more black male teachers in the classroom. Uh, ABC Columbia reported that the HBCU received the funds on Monday from the Leveraging Innovation for Educator Excellence um, to help recruit and train black male teachers according to dr thelma sojourner program director for life Two, an initiative devoted to boosting teacher efficacy less than two percent of the instructors currently teaching in the south carolina schools are identified as black men there is tremendous need for children to see young men coming in and working in the schools says sojourner so if you can donate to an hbcu because they're on the right track and they know exactly what we need now speaking of black male teachers.
2: Hmm.
0: Man. Uh, Kenan Anderson um, was a younger than me man and he was tased to death by the police and what we have to call uh an incident uh an incident of police violence um normally one or the other of us will watch a video that involves someone's life coming to an end so that we don't have to experience <laughs> every single trauma that we you know we come across that people send our way every video but this one we both had to take a moment and really um process this right? We had to look at this video. And if I'm honest, it, it the video left me with more questions than answers, which I think is probably par for the course. Typically, we don't watch videos and be like, oh, well, you know, that's that. Usually we're like, why or whatever. But this one certainly had that effect on, on me. And it's just very disturbing, especially when you know going into it that you're looking at a person that's not alive anymore. There's just something that's deeply troubling and unsettling about that. Um, let me read a bit to you. So this comes from uh, Yahoo News. A uh, chilling video so- shows cops repeatedly tase cousin of BLM co-founder before his death. A uh, shocking video footage shows a fleeing Kenan Anderson, a high school teacher whose cousin is Black Lives Matter, co-founder Patrice Colors begged for his life as cops repeatedly tased him several hours before his death. When he died, Anderson, who at least one bystander claimed had tried to steal a car, became the third man of color to perish after a violent encounter with the LAPD in the span of a week. The department's own chief took the unusual step of quickly suggesting at least one of the fatalities could have been avoided. When the family watched the video prior to its public release, some viewed it in the police station itself. Others watched at home and over FaceTime, Colors told the Daily Beast. Uh, She described her family's initial reaction as devastated and disgusted. Uh, Here's a quote. Um, From his brother Chris just being like, how did they do that to him? How did this end up leading to his death? To his sister saying, that was too much. To his auntie, my cousin, just crying uncontrollably, Colors told the Daily Beast. Like, it's so traumatic, I can't unsee that, she said. No one deserves to die begging for their life. Okay, so um, I'll just read this next part. Body camera footage shows Anderson, 31, repeatedly yell, they're trying to George Floyd me as cops restrained him in the middle of the street on January 3rd. Uh, One officer held his elbow on Anderson's neck as he was pinned to the ground. Simultaneously, after police issued a slew of warnings, another officer appeared to tase Anderson for nearly 30 seconds straight. So, let's talk about the video, um what we saw. We saw uh this man, Kenan Anderson, um get approached, he was approached by a motorcycle officer, if I'm not mistaken.
2: I, I wish there would have been some 10 seconds of footage before that because it kind of it's like we joined the story in the
0: middle. In the middle, right. Yeah. So that was a little strange. Um but you know, basically there's a, an officer that is approaching him and he's like walking to a corner and, you know, he says, Hey, Hey, you know, they're trying to kill me. They're trying to kill me. Um, and he walks to a corner, he puts his hands up, that sort of thing. And the officer says, you know, stay there whatever. And then he's, uh, Keenan says back to the officer, Hey, look, I don't want to go into this corner. Let me come out in the street where people can see me. And the officer, kind of, you know, says, you know, okay, cool, you know, do your thing, whatever, um, but I need you to calm down. I need you to stay right here, you know, put your hands up, that sort of thing. Um, I'm, I, I, we have to describe these to you because we need to paint the picture. But obviously, I'm not going to get it 100% uh, right, and I don't want to ask you to go and watch somebody get executed. But you know, if you need it to be 100% accurate, then obviously the video is available online. Um, but if not, you know, I'm going to give it to you the best way that I remember it. All right. So, um, as he's, you know, now kind of going back to the street, uh, off of the corner, uh, he's still kind of going back and forth with the officer and you start to get the sense that, well, I mean, okay. So Q, you mentioned something while he was, you said he wasn't really in his right mind. You could, you got that sense, right? Neither of us are professionals uh-huh. uh, in any type of
2: clinical psychology or sociology we're sure. um, we not practitioners of medicine mental physical like this is just an observation he didn't seem to be all there it could just be because he was terrified it could be because of whatever happened that caused the police to arrive in the first place it could be because he has mental health issues it could be because reasons that we don't know
0: and never will know
2: right but his interaction was not it didn't seem normal
0: it didn't yeah it didn't seem like a reasonable he didn't, person. he didn't
2: react in a way that someone might reasonably react however if you look like him and you're being p- approached by police and you understand that just those two factors <laughs> might lead to your death yeah then who are we to say that he should have reacted in any way that's considered quote unquote normal? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a lot to deal with. Um, well, uh, he then starts to kind of do a light jog. Maybe he didn't run and it was, he was walking and kind of like moving quickly, uh, Putting some distance between himself and the officer. Well, we could say
2: that he ran, just not very fast or far. Sure, oh, yeah, I'd go with that. And yeah. I'm I'm using the word run because Ramses and I have to always make sure that we're not coloring a picture in a way wrong to way. extra victimize or. Yeah, we don't want to make, make, make anybody the bad guy, someone or make anybody else the bad guy. So I have to make sure that we're as objective as we can yeah, be. He, I'd go with that. he did do what some people might describe as running. Okay. He just didn't go very fast or very far. And that seemed intentional.
0: Right. He wasn't, he wasn't,
2: this was not based on, it wasn't a panic run. Yeah. It wasn't a skateboard and survival.
0: Right. He was just putting some distance. So, yeah, I'm glad you said that. Um, And the officer of course starts yelling and then officers like, okay, he's a little far away. Let me grab, let me hop back on my bike, jumps on his motorcycle and then starts to pursue him a little bit more. And he he wasn't running down the sidewalk, he was running into the middle of the street where the cars were. So again, you're seeing a person not behave in a way that you would deem as and you know, hindsight's always 2020. 20. Now we know he's a, a teacher, an educator. Um so looking at that, you know, a person, this isn't a, a person who's homeless, a person who is you know that you would associate you know those types of mental conditions with you know um just kind of out there spaced out um and so his behavior is very very obviously off you know you wouldn't run into the street or i guess run run is such a hard it's cuz he was just kind of again he use was the, running use the word running he was running he not fast and not he, far in the
2: street into the cars not yeah. just into the street but like into the most
0: congested part of traffic yeah. and when the officer asked him to stop again he stopped he started to kind of get down on the ground and it's almost like he's making sense of what's happening around him um at no point did it seem like he was trying to flee he was just trying to from where i said look like he was trying to position himself in a way to where he probably would have the most insulation from the sort of harm that might be coming his way best i can guess uh and then after that you know the police start to jump on him and you know that's when you get the elbow to the neck thing and he starts uh restating they're trying to kill me now it it seems a little bit more like it's about the officers rather than whatever it was he was running from when the first officer pulled up. Mm-hmm. Um and then he says, you know, they're trying to George Floyd me. And you can kind of hear him kind of yelling and wailing. And, you know, now you're getting the stop resisting and all that sort of stuff. You know, turnover on your side, you know, this sort of stuff. And again, we've talked about this many times on the show. It's very difficult to do too much of anything that someone's asking you to do when you know, there's, you know, five grown men with their full weight on different parts of your body. Um, it's hard to comply. It's hard to turn over. You know what I'm saying? That's just, it, it, it literally is impossible to do that for most people. You know, there, that strength doesn't exist. I cannot turn over if the weight of another human being is on top of me. It's just, especially if I'm lying flat on the sidewalk. Anyway, um, you know, they're telling him all this stuff, you know, as the police do. I've kind of come to the conclusion that once the police say, stop resisting that you're pretty much going to die. You know, there's no way that you can, once they, once they say it out loud, it's like, they've claimed that you've been resisting. And then everything after that is just more of the same. And in
2: most cases, when they're saying that weapons have already been drawn, that they've determined
0: they now have to use. Right Now that's been introduced needs to be discharged in order to justify (laughs) pulling it out in the first place. Who knows? Um, and, you know, we talk about this every week. I don't want to be unfair, but, you know, we see the same things. And it's like, wh- why is there not a better system here? Notice in this story, we haven't talked about a weapon. He didn't brandish a gun. He didn't do anything like that, right? He's on the ground. The office. Good. Not to cut you off, but another Good.
2: reason why it's important for us to even say he ran. Okay. Say he was running as fast as he could, mm-hmm. as far as he could. Mm-hmm. So then we should kill him. Right. Like we don't have to like have let's 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 get the audience to forgive him for running away. Like, no, even if his full intent was escaped to bounce. <laughs> oh, I'm out. The police are here. I'm Outro. out. Yeah. And I used to run track. I'm out.
0: Nothing. Could stop even if me. it's, even if it's that.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. He dies for that so here's the part because the officer seemed to get and this is important too angry at how dare you not do
0: exactly what exactly i exactly what i when say
2: I, when i say it yeah it doesn't matter why we're here or that maybe you didn't do anything do what i said right oh you're not going to do what i said right now now weapons are coming out yeah. now he's screaming now he's angry now there's other now the officer has there. escalated you it. know yeah. what i
0: mean like and, you know, there's, you know, for for folks that have traveled internationally, you know, you, you realize that the police here, uh, almost across the board are bullies. They have, there's a God complex that I have not seen in any other part of the world. The police are absolutely civil servants. You know, if you're, you know, a knucklehead, if you're, you know, acting crazy or something like that, yeah, the police are trained to deal with that. But the ready assumption is not that, people are bad the ready assumption is that people are good right um it's almost like the police here it's kind of like guilty until proven innocent and we're going to treat you accordingly and overseas it's actually more like innocent until proven guilty right and for all the freedoms that we say we have in this country those must really only apply to you know rich white males who are straight and christian because to everybody else it does not feel like a free country when you come up against that criminal justice system um and, you know, when it comes to, you know, the police in other countries, when you talk to them, it's more of a conversation rather than like, you know, the police here, it's almost like you said, Q, like you're, you're it's almost like you're talking to God and God has commanded you to, you know, step out of the vehicle and, you know, they got a, gu- you know, there's a gun on you. And I, and I get that, I get that, I, you know, having guns at the ready, you know, that, that can go to your head and having a, that iota of tenuous power can can really you know corrupt people and is across the board i'm not i'm not i think that you know sort of the uh platonic ideal you know the vision that pops in your head is that there's a white officer when i'm talking about this but no officers can come in all colors this is a, a a policing issue as we've said since the beginning of this show um however In this instance, one thing I do need to say is that, in theory, a taser would be a non-lethal way of subduing uh, a person who is not being cooperative, right? Unless you do it for hours. Yeah, if you do it for a prolonged period of time. And that was what I was going to say. We've seen time and time again that actually these tasers aren't... uh, non-lethal people are dying left and right from being tased by the police and you know again it's one thing if you like shoot a you know a taser off you know somebody drops to the ground you know that sort of thing but if you have five police officers and you still need a taser then you know i'm not sure exactly what's going on here right Uh, because the police want to be heroes and tough guys and all that sort of stuff but I, I, it none of this makes sense. and And it never does in any of these you know stories. And we end up with more dead people. And as we've seen, that uh, time and again is that the police will end the lives often enough of black men with impunity. This is our reality. And um, you know, people wonder why we don't have a great relationship with police why really nobody has great relationships with police unless they are like i said those straight you know white you know christian males with with money and you know that sort of thing um and i, I there are some exceptions white those the, the wives of those men often <laughs> the children of those men. yeah they often get a kick out of the police too but you know there's a good chunk of us that see this for what it is and it's basically something that really needs An adjustment. You know, we are not born to die. You know, our lives have value. You can't just kill us. And everybody just be okay with that. And it happened over and over again. You know, every time an airplane crashes, they do everything in their power to make sure that an airplane will not crash again. However, every time there's a school shooting, every time the police ends the life of a black man or, you know, a a person any anybody needlessly we figure out a way to victim blame we figure out a way to pass the buck and then it's just kind of more of the same and you know we're not here to profess that we have any answers you know we have a lot of theories that we discuss back and forth on the show of course but um you know our job is to kind of point these things out so that you know about them because you know whatever radio station you're listening to us on it's probably very likely that at no point have they covered this story. And it's probably very likely that since we haven't been talking about all of these unnecessary deaths of black and black and Brown people in the country at the hands of police in the past two or three months that you don't know about them. We get them all in our inbox. We just don't have enough show for the content that we get. You know, we chose this one because it's a little bit more high profile. Um, and you know it's about time for us to remind you that this is still very much going on day in and day out um now i do want to read a last little bit just because i want to make sure i'm telling as much of the story as i can um uh, so this is back to yahoo news uh los angeles police chief michael moore said uh wednesday that it's unclear what role anderson's struggle with police played in his death um but we you know of course saw the video and we saw him getting tased and then of course his heart stopped working so that was pretty clear for us. Um, he said Ander- Anderson was in an altered mental state, which is something that we could deduce from watching the video. Correct. Um, and, and claimed that a preliminary blood test showed he had cannabis and cocaine in his system. Um, and again, the emphasis there is that it. he claimed that uh, the pre- preliminary blood test um, showed that. Now, um, from what I understand, I'm not sure that cannabis creates like psycho hallucin, whatever effects or whatever that stuff is. Um, I don't know the first thing about, you know, cocaine or any of the rest of that stuff, but um, I'm pretty sure that it doesn't have that effect on people. So I feel like these sorts of things are things that they throw in the mix to try to, again, make it his fault that he's dead. they have
2: to dehumanize you right so that people care less about the fact that you were murdered right
0: and that feels very unfair um but you know dr melina abdullah co-founder of black lives matter los angeles said wednesday that she believes anderson's death was the result of police violence full stop um so i'll read this kenan's murder is absolutely horrific abdullah said as the guardian reported lapd is not calling it a killing, but calling it an in-custody death. But Keenan was tased to death. We know LAPD caused Kenan's death. Um, I, again, I don't understand why it takes this many guys, you know, uh, leaning on people's necks and, uh, you know, holding limbs and all that sort of stuff to subdue a guy that d- didn't look all that big probably couldn't have been any bigger than me, you know. Um, certainly not as you know, didn't have sort of the mass that you have, Q. So uh I, I don't know how easily you could take on five, you know, police officers, but that seemed like it'd be a tall order. I mean the truth of the matter is I couldn't. Thanks. Right? That's what I was over. So, yeah. And yet and still he needed to get tased until his heart stopped working and now he's dead and we're having to talk about this on the show. So and again, watching the video
2: the young man got tased because the officer had already taken his taser out. That's, That's why yeah. I have my taser out, so I'm going to tase. Let's figure out today. when to use it. Yeah, stop
0: resisting. See what
2: he didn't do anything different. Like he did There wasn't some big move where he threw somebody off of him or pushed somebody down or anything like that. I have my taser out, so I'm tasing someone.
0: Well, it's time for the way Black History fact. Um, Today's Way Black History Fact is sponsored by the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. And as promised, we are going to be reading pieces of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from a Birmingham jail. Just to give you an idea of who the man was, what he stood for, and uh, help you when it comes to dealing with his legacy. So, I'll read April 16th, 1963, my dear fellow clergymen, while confined here in the Birmingham City Jail, I came across your recent statement calling our present activities unwise and untimely. Seldom, if ever, do I pause to answer criticism of my work and ideas, but since I feel that you are men of genuine goodwill and your criticisms are sincerely set forth, I would like to answer your statement in what I hope will be a patient, will be patient and reasonable terms. In any nonviolent campaign, there are four basic steps. One, collection of the facts to determine whether injustices are alive. Two, negotiation. Three, self-purification and four, direct action. We have gone through all the steps in Birmingham. Birmingham is probably the most thoroughly segregated city in the United States. Its ugly record of police brutality is known in every section of the country. Its unjust treatment of Negroes in the courts is a notorious reality. There have been more unsolved bombings of Negro homes and churches in Birmingham than in any city in this nation. These are the hard, brutal, and unbelievable facts. On the basis of these conditions, Negro leaders sought to negotiate with the city fathers, but the political leaders consistently refused to engage in good faith negotiations. Then came the opportunity last September to talk with some of the leaders of the economic community in these negotiating sessions certain promises were made by the merchants such as the promise to remove the humiliating racial signs from the stores on the basis of these promises Reverend Shuttlesworth and the leaders of the Alabama Christian movement for human rights agreed to call a moratorium on any type of demonstrations as the weeks and months unfolded we realized that we were the victims of a broken promise the signs remained as in so many experiences in the past we were confronted with blasted hopes and the dark shadows of a deep disappointment settled upon us so we had no alternative except that of preparing for direct action whereby we would pre- present our very bodies as a means of laying our case before the conscience of the local and national community we were not unmindful of the difficulties involved so we decided to go through the process of self-purification we started having workshops on non-violence and repeatedly asked ourselves the question are you able to accept the blows without retaliating? Are you able to endure the ordeals of jail? Now, bear this in mind, because you may know someone listening to us today. You may know someone that says, oh, you know, those BLM protesters or all those people, they, they always want this, but they, they're just going about it all wrong. OK, this is directly from Dr. Martin Luther King. OK, I'll continue. You may well ask. Why direct action? Why sit-ins, marches, etc.? Isn't negotiation a better path? You are exactly right in your call for negotiation. Indeed, this is the purpose of direct action. Nonviolent direct action seeks to create such a crisis and establish such creative tension that a community that has constantly refused to negotiate is forced to confront the issue. Boom. It's Dr. King's words. My friends, I must say to you that we have not made a single gain in civil rights without legal and nonviolent pressure. History is the long and tragic story of the fact that the privileged groups seldom give up their privileges voluntarily. Individuals may see the moral light and give up their unjust posture, but as Reinhold Niebuhr has reminded us, groups are more immoral than individuals. I guess it's easy for those who have never m- felt the stinging darts of segregation to say wait but when you have seen vicious mobs lynch your mothers and fathers at will and drown your sisters and brothers at whim when you have seen hate-filled policemen curse kick brutalize and even kill your black brothers and sisters with impunity boom when you see the vast majority of your 20 million negro brothers smothering in an airtight cage of poverty in the midst of an affluent society when you suddenly find your tongue twisted and your speech stammering as you seek to explain to your six-year-old daughter why she can't go to the public amusement park that has just been advertised on television and she sees th- and sorry and see the tears welling up in her little eyes when she is told that Funtown is closed to colored children and see the depressing clouds of inferiority begin to form in her little mental sky and see her begin to distort her little personality by unconsciously developing a bitterness toward white people. When you have to concoct an answer for a five-year-old son who is asking in agonizing pathos, Daddy, why do white people treat colored people so mean? When you take a cross-country drive and find it necessary to sleep night after night in the uncomfortable corners of your automobile because no motel will accept you, When you are humiliated day in and day out by nagging signs reading white, men, and colored. When your first name becomes the N-word, I'll spare you. And your middle name becomes boy, however old you are. And your last name becomes John. When your wife and mother are never given the respected title of Mrs. When you are harried by day and haunted by night by the fact that you are a Negro, living constantly at tiptoe stance, never quite knowing what to expect next and plagued, with inner fears and outer resentments when you are forever fighting a degenerating sense of nobodiness then you will understand why we find it difficult to wait wow (laughs) there comes a time when the cup of endurance runs over and men are no longer willing to be plunged into an abyss of injustice where they experience the bleakness of corroding despair i hope sirs you can understand our legitimate and unavoidable unavoidable impatience i hope this letter finds you strong in the faith i also hope that circumstances will soon make it possible for me to meet each of you not as an integrationist or civil rights leader but as a fellow clergyman and a christian brother let us all hope that the dark clouds of racial prejudice will soon pass away and the deep fog of misunderstanding will be lifted from our fear-drenched communities and in some not too distant tomorrow the radiant stars of love and brotherhood will shine over our great nation with all of their scintillating beauty. Yours for the cause of peace and brotherhood, M.L. King Jr. Now, I do want to say this before you respond. I know we've got a couple seconds. That's not the full letter. I had to edit it down for time, but please read it. Put it up in your room, in your office. Live by it. Go ahead. I wish the letter could be made into a visual
2: short film minus the context of it being white racist oppressors versus black people make it anyone else versus anyone else and the person on the receiving side of that would be empathized for
0: by any audience absolutely well that's going to do it for us here on civic cipher once again i'm your host ramses ja he is ramses ja i am q ward thank you guys
2: for tuning in with us again for another uh oh man another one of these very very difficult journeys through uh some very very difficult truths
0: yes indeed but uh, you know we're still here we're still standing and we're still doing it for you uh we appreciate you allowing us to have these conversations and let's keep it going so tap in with us hit our website uh civiccipher.com, and uh follow us on all social media at civic cypher download this in any previous episodes subscribe subscribe, subscribe share subscribe comment right all that donate as well and, um, submit any questions or any topics that you want us to cover. Um, we do like hearing from you and, you know, we like having a conversation, not just us talking and you listening. So participate if it makes sense. And until next week, y'all, peace.
1: From headquarters behind enemy lines, sidestepping the borders, with press passes. We bring it to you as it happens. The streets love my crew for music and rapping. Street commander slash beat expander, here to fight the slander with the proper propaganda. What's happening? You got a question to ask? It? The news is just a TV show. Get past it. And this from a quiet wartime journalist. Headlines. Wake up, refuse and resist. Like this. Like this. Like this. Like this. Like this.